Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Big Fall Strength Podcast. So, today I want to talk about... Today I want to talk about um, two, mainly two things. Performance enhancers, how they can, can't help you the the any kind of clarification on what using a performance enhancing drug can do to your competitive career and what it can do to your body throughout time and the mental side effects the mental side effects along with some of the mental burdens that might be taken on um, when didn't when not only just doing them but when you know deciding whether or not you know thinking you know arguing with yourself in your head whether you should or shouldn't take them um, And then the other thing I want to talk about today is kind of oriented towards people who give bodybuilders and powerlifters a bad rap and the things that are said that can – the things that people will say to – People who are dedicated um, to kind of make them rethink or reevaluate what they're doing. So, without further ado, we'll jump right in. So, one of the big questions that I faced many times throughout my strength training career is what can I be intaking to help make myself a stronger person? So, you know, the first thing you think of when it comes to Things that you can ingest to help your body kind of enhance the process of which you build strength and muscle is supplements. That's the first thing you think of. You think about, you know, protein powder, protein shakes, creatine, pre-workout, any kind of vitamins, testosterone boosters, um foods that are rich in natural that are rich in those natural resources of protein and creatine you know those are the first things that you think about and i remember the first time i considered doing something um the first time i considered taking any kind of supplement was in 2016 Towards the beginning of the year. 
Actually, no, it was 2015, towards the beginning of the year. 15, or towards the end of the year, really. It was kind of the middle, but... um, all, Like, I can for sure tell you it was in 2015. I know I'm all over the place saying, oh, it was the beginning. I know it was in 2015. Um... I went through weight, two weight coaches, weights class teachers um, in that year. And the one that I had, you know, when I started my lifting career was about to take his, his leave of absence and go chase something bigger and better. Um, but I remember, you know, I was a sophomore and I think I was barely barely breaking 350 and I felt like there was something wrong like I was experiencing more pain and you know as a kid I didn't know why and when you're when you got a teacher that has to watch 30 other kids in his weight room you know there's very little time for him to make corrections to one-on-one individual level stuff. So I didn't know why pain was existing, but it did. And I went to him and I was talking to him about like, I think I'm going to start taking protein. And this was back back when like taking protein right after you work out was essential like that was the common belief like you have to take protein right after you work out otherwise it's not gonna work so and at school with with that with that system with those beliefs I'm thinking okay can I bring it to school with me and then after weights class I take it well, the school did not allow any use of supplements or any kind of guidance on supplements other than the they took the deter the deter the deter um approach. They would deter you from using supplements. So I went and talked to my weights teacher and I asked him, I was like, hey coach, um, I'm thinking about taking protein, but you know, I don't know what I should take, how much of it I should take, if it's safe for me. And he told me what protein whey protein was what it does and why people use it and started talking to me about the whole whether or not it's important for you to take it right after you work out or not and he said listen I'm not going to tell you what you can and can't put in your body. You're a 16-year-old kid. I'm not your parent. But as your coach and as an adult that supervises you throughout most of your day, 
for the better part of the year, he said, I'm going to tell you that if I see you using it in my locker room or in my class or in my gymnasium, you will get kicked out of weights class and you will take a study hall class. And so me being, you know, naive, very motivated 16-year-old who wanted, or 15-year-old who wanted to gain strength was like, well, what good, what, how am I going to build strength if I don't have the gym? You know, it's not worth it. So he said, the next thing he told me was chocolate milk. He's like, go out there, find a chocolate syrup that you can put in milk that is very rich in protein. He's like, that's one way. He's like, because that's not technically supplemental. It's not a whey protein. It's not an isolate. It's not a mass gainer. He said, so he's like, you can bring chocolate milk to my weight class. He's like, and that might, it will help you. So there I am with a shaker bottle and a can of Nesquik powder making chocolate milk after my workouts, drinking them and calling her a day. Now, needless to say, needless to say, I stopped doing that after a very short amount of time because I realized that the problem wasn't the problem with me not gaining any weight on my max wasn't the fact that you know I had plateaued and I need supplemental help it was I was doing it wrong <laughs> like most of us do you know I had bad squat form so I was injuring myself and that's why I started plateauing is because pain existed and pain exists because I was squatting improperly. So anyway, um, what that has to do with performance enhancers that's that's like the very first step you take into thinking about taking a performance enhancer and i know it sounds a little silly but supplements are really a gateway it's a gateway substance they're all gateway substances because once you start using them and you get in that mentality thinking oh my god they're helping tremendously and then you hear about other stuff that apparently helps very, like, to a dramatic level. And then you start saying, well, maybe I should start taking that. That guy's over there taking creatine. Maybe I should start taking creatine. You know, so I did not start using actual genuine supplements, like, on a serious level until... I got into the army. I think in total during my weightlifting career in high school, I took creatine for about a month. Creatine for about a month. And 
I could definitely see the differences, but they weren't as dramatic as I thought they were going to be, like everything is almost always. So, anyway, the first time I ever thought about using any kind of steroid was when... I usually don't start thinking about taking steroids in each of these cases until I, you know, hit a low. I hit, I'll hit a low point with my progression. And I'll be really down on myself. I'll be sitting there thinking, well, maybe I should start cycling. So, off the bat, um, I'm going to talk to you about a story I have about me and my buddy it actually um the this event happened to um transpire last night and I asked him I said what's the difference between someone who's naturally gifted just genetically strong has that good genetic ability to put on muscle mass and strength and a guy who doesn't have any of those capabilities, who's super, super small, but decides to take steroids. I said, what's, what's right? Well, I said, when it comes to competitiveness, you know, let's talk about what's fair. It's not my fault. Like, it's not my fault I was born genetically gifted, but I use that gift. But what about those guys that are born smaller people? You know? And it's something that I wrestle with back and forth all the time. But I asked him because he was a smaller dude and he happened to be, he happened to have been on cycle a few times. So with me, I asked him, and I knew what response I was going to get from him. I just wanted to open up the topic of conversation. And he said, he, his, his point of view, the guys who are naturally stronger in most cases are more lazier than the guys who have to work 24-7 to get there, whether or not they're on cycle or doing it naturally. He's like, the problem with genetics is genetics, good genetics, depending on, you know, subject matter material, if we're talking about powerlifting, a big, big old fat, strong dude who's been big his whole life is going to be stronger than a dude who graduated high school weighing 120. You know? But that dude who weighs 120, if he hops on the cycle, then he has to work his ass off to get those numbers, to kind of, I guess, catch up. And if he doesn't go on cycle... He's 
just making it harder for himself and he's doing a bunch of work for a much lesser result. So he was like, so either way, the smaller dude is damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. He's like, he's damned if he does because it's illegal. He's like, but he's damned if he doesn't because he'll never be able to catch up and compete in something that he's compassionate or that he's passionate about. So, and I understood that. And my views are, my views on it differ because I also take into the count, I take into the count the physical effects that it has and the mental effects that it has on the human body. Because everything we put in our bodies is bad for us in some kind of way, shape, or form. And steroids is one of those things. It does good things for you. It gives you the results you need. It helps you get stronger. But it will deteriorate it will deteriorate your body over time, especially if you're using them improperly, which a lot of people do. And the deterioration will just happen faster. So my point of view on performance enhancing drugs is you've got to know you, you've got to have some kind of spark like if you if you're at 120 right you're 120 pounds and you're like let's say you're 510 so you're a big, you're big, you're a tall, lengthy person. You, if you want to pursue steroids, if you want to pursue performance enhancing drugs, I'm a non-judgmental person. You do with your life what you want to, but my thing is. Is are you willing to take on what comes after cycling? Are you willing to take on? Because if if you're if you're gonna half-ass it, right? If you're like, oh, I'll hop on to, I'll hop on to cycle and I'll cycle on and off, but you're not working hard in the gym. Then you're just, you're just taking them. And they're giving you some kind of help, but in the end, when you have all these medical problems when you're older, can you look back and say, oh my god, it was worth it? What did you get out of it? Did you win any competitions? Did you set any records? Was your journey a long, hard-fought, something-to-be-proud-of thing? Or was it just mediocrity? And the mediocrity thing plays into the thing I'm going to talk about next. So keep that into mind as I'm talking.
the other effects that performance enhancers have on certain people. In most cases, in, in the sport of powerlifting, the most dangerous powerlifters are usually the ones that are hardest on themselves. The most dangerous powerlifters are the guys that go in there and compete against themselves. They don't care about who all's in their weight class. They are focused and motivated purely on the numbers that they hit a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, and trying to beat that. That is the most dangerous powerlifter. That is the most dangerous competitor you can have in your meet. So... With that being said, when I considered taking steroids for the first time, I told myself no. And I thought about it. I thought about it for a good week. And the the issue that I wrestled with mentally is I could take steroids but I'm already one of those naturally gifted, naturally big, naturally strong people. And if I take those if I take those performance enhancers, it's going if it's it might not weigh on other people's minds. But if I went in and set a meet record next year, after cycling on and off for two years. Would I be able to sit there and smile with the medal or the check or the trophy that I get? Honestly, no. And the reason why is because... Now I'll never know if I would have been able to make the same progress I made on cycle naturally. And it's it's too late. The progress is, whatever progress it gives me, it's already there. There's no getting rid of it. Well, you can get rid of it, but it helps build your foundation. It really does. And once you create some, once you're lifting and you create that muscle memory for a certain weight, it won't be hard, as hard for you to go back to it, even if you do end up going down. So that's one of the things I fought with was, will I be able to sit there and look all my supporters in the eyes and say I'm on steroids because then they look at you like you're a monster and a cheater and you're a liar and you're dishonest and they don't care if you won they don't you could win and they do not care So that's one of the things that factors in for me mentally is like, 
I don't want to stain my own reputation and I don't want to stain how I think of myself, let alone what other people think of me. So, now when it comes to you, you the audience, if you're one of those smaller dudes, but you're also one of those guys that wrestles mentally with whether or not to go on cycle or not go on cycle, I will not judge you, especially if you started off small, because you have a farther way to go than I do. At the end of the day, did you cheat? Yes. But I will say that You might not sit on the podium. You might not be able to stand on the podium had it not been for you giving yourself a little bit more edge through performance enhancing drugs. Will your lifts be impressive to me? Yes and no. It really depends. But. I'm not. Your lifts will be impressive either way. But. You're with taking those performance enhancing drugs. If you're one of those. Like I said, if you're one of those people like me who. Hold a high standard for yourself. Then. You might be walking around with a number that has an asterisk next to it in your own head. So, if you're one of those people that doesn't really care, you don't care about all the mental things that go into it. Your conscious is clear when you're able to make that decision and you're 100% okay with the decision you're about to make, then go for it. If you're a bigger dude and you're naturally gifted and you're strong and you need to use steroids, in my personal opinion, you're not just cheating at other people that aren't on that genuinely aren't on any kind of performance enhancers but you're cheating yourself god gave you a gift and it's not anybody else's fault but your own that you're misusing it to the point where you think you need performance enhancing drugs that's my own personal opinion if you're a bigger guy but you've never been able to be strong Okay. Like I said, 
I don't hold too much judgment when it comes to this stuff. Because at the end of the day, I'm right next to you competing. And when I go into that meet, the only thing that matters is numbers. So... That's where I stand on performance-enhancing drugs. Um, if you, It's really your discretion. But at the end of the day, the most important things to take into consideration is will you be able to live with yourself after the fact? And are you going to be able to live with any kind of negative medical conditions that might occur after you spend years of cycling on and off training like are you on track to lay a good lay down a good legacy or are you on track to being mediocre? But that's all up to you. Alright? So, sorry I got a little philosophical on you guys. Um, but it is something I like talking about. Because I'm kind of one of those rare exceptions to the Natty Gang versus, you know... D ball trend and you know I I fall in the middle where I can see both sides so I don't hold any judgment towards those who make a decision whether to do it or not now I'm not saying go out there and start taking performance-enhancing drugs. I do not promote that. I do not condone it. And I don't... I would never tell somebody to go take performance-enhancing drugs. Never. Because... That's not a decision for me to make. That's an independent decision that you need to make for yourself, by yourself. That's why I'm talking about it. That's why I'm bringing up all the different scenarios that might occur when it comes to making the decision. So, there it is. But please do not take this as me saying, hey... You know, you smaller guys out there that need need that extra edge, go out there and get some steroids. That is not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying if you're one of those guys that's ashamed of it, don't be ashamed of it. Own up to it. And it's okay to open up to it. If you if I ever meet you and you're one of the guys who are listening right now and you decide to take steroids and you came up to me and tell me that you took steroids and then told me what your numbers are, hey, I'm not going to hold any kind of judgment towards you. Good good stuff. Good for you. You're hitting good numbers. You're PRing. 
you're progressing and that's what this that's what this channel or this this uh channel this this podcast that's what this podcast promotes is progression so anyway next thing i want to talk about is backlash On social media here lately, I've been seeing a lot of people posting that either bodybuild or um, they uh, they powerlift. I'm seeing a lot of people with negative vibes and, you know, they're telling these guys, oh, you're vain, you're obsessed. And it's it's wild. I heard a story about this guy. He's a bodybuilder. He he doesn't drink. He wasn't drinking alcohol, but he went to a, a party because he was invited, and he was trying to be polite and have a good time. Just because you don't drink doesn't mean you can't have a good time at a party. It's a social event. You're there to be social. You're not there to get blitzed. So, anyway, he was taking, he was drinking, he he saw some protein, and it was his friend's house, and there are a bunch of other different mutual acquaintances and friends around, and he went and went in for the milk and protein mix, and they just started berating him. Like, you would drink protein at a party. Typical. You would, you know, you're so vain. You're so obsessed. You're so self-absorbed. You're a douchebag. Just start ganging up on this guy. At least, that's what he said. And I'm sitting here thinking, this man's a competitor. So he has to juggle... He has to juggle a good routine, but he also has to live his own life. Because if he's not, if he's, if he stops living his life outside of training, you can develop so many mental side effects that are all surrounding depression. You know, people need to be social. Without without any kind of without any kind of social interaction, a human will get lonely and will get depressed. Even the most shut off human, even the most even the most homebody, keep to self person needs socialization. So, I wanted to talk about that today. Um, for those of you who are listening just to listen and get a better better education on fitness and strength but you're not like tremendously committed to it i hope you're not one of those people that berates other people for being more committed than you because 
that says a lot about you. Like, how are you gonna how are you gonna sit there and bash on somebody that has ten times the commitment you have? Like it's it's unremarkable. There are no words for it. And it really frustrates me that people actually go through this because I'm a very take no shit from anyone kind of person. And if a person is berating me for keeping a good diet and routine and doing the proper things that everybody really should be doing after their workouts, I'm going to sit there and tell them, like, hey, I don't know why you're talking. Uh, like, you're the last you're the last people that should be talking, the guys that maybe go to the gym, you know, three times a month. Just to go sit in front of a mirror and take pictures. When I'm actually out here working on getting stronger, and I know for sure that I'm stronger than you. So... Guys, people handle this in a different way. Me, I don't have too many of those mutual acquaintances. I've always, I'm a very social person. But I'm only social around people that I'm comfortable with. If I've never met you before, it might be a little weird. I might not even acknowledge you. I might even make good attempts to ignore you. Especially if I'm sensing bad vibes. So, you know, that's just me. So I don't go to a lot of get-togethers where it's people that I don't really know that well. I know it's different for everybody and it's most common when you have people who live in big metropolitan areas because you have friends and then those friends have friends and then those friends have friends that have met that friend before and it's it just goes on and on and then when you have a party you know people show up that you really only talk to about three times in your life so with me I'm not comfortable with that but I was thinking about it today and I was like you know who wouldn't want to be strong like who genuinely wouldn't want to be able to say that they were strong And I get that that's kind of the unique separator between people who are weak and who are strong is the fact that the people who are weak are okay with being weak. And, but I just, that's, and like I said, I was going to bring this up. That is the highest form of mediocrity. Like, 
think about it. Think about your life. You wake up every morning. You go to work. For most people, it's a 9 to 5. Anywhere from 5 to 6 days a week. And... Like... Outside of that 9 to 5 hours every day... Working... Six to five, five to six days a week, sometimes even seven. Look, like your interact, your human interaction level is so, like, your genuine human interaction level is so low. So, you work all your life, and. You become really good at your job. And you get promotion. And you receive praise. And for me. It's like. You're doing a job. You know. You're getting paid to do it. And you just so happen to be a good good steady worker to where you've progressed and you've made those pay raises you've made those promotions and but at the end of the day is that are you really okay with that being all you were good at you were good at working which everybody else in the world pretty much does their whole life you are good at something that billions of people do every day. To me, that's so... To me, that's so self-unrewarding. And I'm not trying to take away anything from people who do physically demanding work. And, you know, I'm not trying to take away anything from people who take pride in their work. But I'm a very family fun time orientated person and working those nine to five hours six to five maybe even seven days a week takes away from my time with my family my friends and being able to have fun with them or even just being able to spend time with them and then people argue well then why do you go to the gym that could be time because I've given, I'm still in the army, but I do not intend on having a job where I don't have the most opportunity to be with my family. Because that's one of the things I plan on talking to whoever gives me an interview. That's the first thing I'm going to talk about. They might be asking me questions. I'm going to ask them a question. What what are you what are your views on family? How important to you is family? And if they say important, then I'm going to ask them. Okay, family's important to you because it's important to me. How much how much am I going to be working? And if they tell me, "Well, Typically, overtime's mandatory, and you only get 
you know, time and a half. Or you only get double time. Or, yeah, time and a half. If they look at me and tell me that, then I know that I'm not, I don't want to work there. There are plenty of other opportunities that I can take when it comes to finding employment. But you only get one life. And I think that spending most of your life being dedicated to your work is kind of kind of ridiculous. I'm not saying be don't don't be good at your job, but like especially with young guys, like go out there and do something that most people don't do and get good at it. That's why I lift. Most people don't lift. And those who do aren't that great at it. So there, there's that select few in the world, that very small percentage of people in the world who can lift enormous amounts of weight. And to my standard, am I at that level? Absolutely not. But to other people, I'm at that level. So if I don't feel like I'm at that level, then I got quite a ways to go. So the so the whole takeaway from this is people people strive too often and I don't know if they notice this or not, but I from an outside looking in, people strive for mediocrity. And I don't understand how you can go through your life being okay and accepting of mediocrity. At the least, I want to say that I was able to go toe-to-toe with the best. I was never able... If I'm able to go walk away from my powerlifting career and say... I went toe-to-toe with the best and came in second every time. Or came in last every time, even. Then I'll be okay with that. Because that's a whole lot more than what other people are doing. So, anyway. I just wanted to talk about that because... A lot of mediocre people like to open their mouths and talk to people who they look at as equals when the people they look at as equals are some of the elite in certain different things. So, you know... The example I like to use is how many people do you know can kill or effectively hit a torso sized target a mile away with a bullet? 
How many people are there in the world that can do that? And if you just so happen to know one of those people and you're and you're a mediocre person, as a mediocre person, are you going to tell that person that, you know, they're conceited, they're obsessed? Are you going to are you going to talk to somebody that can are you going to talk shit to somebody that can quite literally kill you from another zip code? I know I wouldn't because I'd be dead before I even heard the shot. So that's just one of the things, that's the example I like to use. And it goes the same for anything. You know, you've got some very intellectual people out there. And they might not compete, but they might be going for, you know, they might be on the brink of discovery and that discovery might lead to a Nobel Peace Prize. Are you going to sit there and call him a nerd? Are you? I'm not. Because if I call that dude a dweeb or a geek or a nerd or whatever. Or tell him that he's dumb. He's going to make me look a whole lot dumber than me saying that to him. In front of everybody. Including friends. Other friends that I'm around. And it's going to embarrass me. And you know. I'm going to have to eat my words. I don't like eating my words. I don't like eating my words. That is the worst feeling in the world, I think, is eating your own words because that is the ultimate failure, is being able to say something because saying something is so easy, but then whatever you say doesn't turn out to be true. So, anyway... Don't let these people make you sit there and reevaluate. You keep doing what you're doing. Alright? Because the moment you let them inside your head, that's when you've let them win. And as soon as you let them win, you and they get inside your head, like, you're going to constantly refer back to that moment once you've hit your greatest failure. And no matter what you're doing, you know. But in, let's talk in terms of powerlifting. Let's say you have a meet next week and somebody starts talking, talking shit to you, right? The moment you listen to them and you let them get inside your head, you're going to go to that meet 
And if you let them get inside your head, you're going to fail. And then you're always going to look back at that meat. No matter if you decide to continue with your progression. Or if you decide to call it quits after that meat. You will always look back and remember that meat. And remember what was said to you. And then you're going to have to live with the fact that you let it affect you. So, anyway. Um, I'm going to start wrapping this one up. But the big takeaways from today is... Performance-enhancing drugs. What kind of benefits, what kind of negativities come from using them? How it might affect you, both physically and mentally. And... I guess you could say how to how to deal with naysayers. So the biggest takeaways from both is and like I said I said this before I'm by no means telling you to take steroids or any kind of performance enhancing drug. What I'm saying is, is be forthcoming, be honest with people, be honest with your supporters, and be honest with yourself. Know what you're getting into before you start, before you make that decision. And mentally... Be accepting of what will happen if you decide to seriously start taking them and using them as a booster. If you're willing to take them and you know what will happen to you and when you're turning 70, then and you're okay with that and you're going to be able to sit there when you're 70 with whatever medical problems you might have and look back at your career and say it's worth it, then you know you're mentally in the right place. And then for the naysayer portion, the biggest takeaway is one, do not do not let mediocrity from other people plant seeds in your own life and start breeding a chain reaction of existing mediocrity within yourself don't let the naysayers choose and don't let them have the power 
to tell you and affect you in a negative manner. Don't let it tell you that. Don't let it. Don't let it be the reason that you fail. Alright. Use it as fuel. And for those people that are telling you that you can't do it. For those people that are saying. That are mediocre themselves. And they're the kings and queens of mediocrity. Don't listen to them. Keep doing what you're doing. It is rewarding in itself to be able to sit there and take somebody saying to your face, hey, you can't do it, and then immediately after or shortly after going and doing exactly what they said you wouldn't be able to. It is in itself its own reward. Because you will feel better because you just made somebody eat their words. And eating your own words, like I said, is the worst feeling in the world. Because it makes you look ignorant. It makes you look like an idiot. It makes you look arrogant, ignorant. And other people are going to look at you completely or look at that person completely different so don't don't let that get in the way go out there and prove them wrong and shut them up i live i live by this quote numbers talk bullshit walks all right in the sport of powerlifting our numbers can speak for themselves. Anything verbal can take a hike. So on that note, I'm going to end it here. I hope you all tune in. Give this a good listen. I hope you guys are able to find some clarity on some things through this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Um, I will be posting another one. Um, possibly tomorrow, if not tomorrow, then over the weekend on Saturday, but keep going out there, keep training, keep doing what you're doing, keep progressing, keep fueling your body, and as always, I'm Austin Antrop, this is the Big Fella Strength Podcast. I want to wish everybody happy holidays during the month. Of, and just so you guys know, a little quick PSA before I cut it off. Um, this this month, the month of December, since it's Christmas, I am no longer using the old um, motto. It's going to be happy holidays for these episodes. Just to give you that little... Merry holiday cheer, alright? So, hope you guys appreciate it. Like I said, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you. Have a good one. Deuces.